access. I had to pull it. Or I mean, I had to drive. I could have it if it's our witness. I wanted to be there next to him. They both wanted to have holding. Okay, we're going to call our meeting to order. If everybody would please rise for the invocation. Okay. Uh, this prayer comes from Reverend David Stevens with uh, Brecon Methodist Church. <clears throat> Loving God, grant to us an awareness of your presence and an understanding of your purpose in order that we may better serve you by caring for the people in our charge with clarity, compassion, and courage. For it is in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody, would you please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. If Mr. Porter would note that all three trustees are present. Um, we have approval of minutes from February 1st trustee meeting. Do we have a motion? I move we approve the minutes from the February 1st, 2022 trustees meeting. I'll second. Motion is second. Any further discussion? Any corrections? None. Mr. Porter? Uh, Mr. James? Aye. Ms. Schwegman? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, the next item on our agenda is uh, uh, Tony Lang of Street Food XPO. He is not here. Not here. Okay. We reached out to him today and did not get a response. Okay. Uh, next presentation is um, from the Metropolitan Sewer District uh, regarding the Owl Woods Lane Odor Control Unit. Um, we have Chelsea Thomas and Ian Lus Lasky. Lasky. Say it any way you want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it how you say it. Lasky. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> Good afternoon, or good evening, sorry. <laughs> uh, my name is Chelsea Thomas. I am a project manager at the Metropolitan Sewer District of Greater Cincinnati. And today, as you mentioned, I'm gonna talk about the Alwoods Lane and Keller Road local sewer project, um, and particularly an odor control unit that will be installed as part of that project. Um, so we can go to the next slide. I don't know who's running just, this Just line. cue me. Yeah. Okay, no, great. All right, so as I mentioned, it's a local sewer project, and that means that it's initiated by citizen petition, and then there's a polling process. Um, that polling process gave us 67% of support for that project, so that means it moves forward. Um, this project will provide sewer service to 24 single-family home parcels and one public uh, worship parcel. The design will consist of a, mainly a low-pressure force main. Uh, there is a small portion of gravity main, which is the more, more common type of sewer line you would see, um, and that is on Keller Road. Um, however, with the uh, proposal of a low-pressure force main, um, MSD knows just from experience that uh, they can also often be a source of odors, and so we would be propose that odor control unit as part of that project. You can go to the next slide, please. Okay, what you see here is a map of the project area. Um, the uh, properties outlined in light blue are those that would benefit from this project. Um, and then we also went ahead and highlighted the areas where the proposed sewers would be located. And so you see in red, there's a low pressure force main that would go down Alwoods Lane. Um, it would connect to another low pressure force main on Keller Road. Uh, that would connect to that small portion of gravity sewer on Keller Road. And then that would ultimately discharge to an existing sewer line um, on that west end of Keller Road. Um, I think we can go to the next slide. 
Um, just to give you a little background on what low pressure force means, so firstly, uh, like I mentioned, the mo more common line you would see is a gravity line. Those utilize a consistent downward slope so that the sewage can travel um, by gravity down to your treatment facility. However, um, with uh, different issues with to topography would, uh, will not allow us to do gravity lines in this area. Um, so we are proposing low pressure force mains and that uh, requires you to install individual grinder pumps at each property. Um, and that pushes the sewage through the line rather than using gravity. Um, this is commonly, as I mentioned, used in more hilly areas or areas where we're not gonna get that good consistent downward slope. Um, and so you can see in that elevation profile down in the bottom that Keller Road is, is relatively hilly and so this would be a great application for low pressure forest mains and Al Woods Lane is very similar in, in the topography. Um, we do wanna note that those grinder pumps are privately owned and maintained. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, we know that low pressure force mains do have, can um, have some odor issues and so we are proposing that odor control unit and you can go to the next slide. We're proposing to install that in front of 8417 Alice Lane within the public right-of-way. Just to kind of describe the picture you're seeing, um, <clears throat> on one side, the area is shaded in blue. That is their private property. The area is shaded in orange, that's public property. Public and private, uh, that's all divided by the right-of-way line. And then you'll see a line uh, highlighted in uh, the dashed red line, and that's the edge of the, the, edge of the um, pavement. Um, so we're in proposing this unit um, to mitigate the odors, uh, specifically those odors that would occur at the downstream end where the low pressure force main is gonna connect to that gravity line. That's where we're gonna see the most odors. Um, and so that's it on this side. You can go to the next slide. Okay, so just the description of, of the unit. Uh, it's gonna consist of a number of different pieces of equipment. So we'll have a feed pump, there'll be a tank, there's feed, chemical feed controls, um, there's an operator interface, and then there's other piping accessories that kind of go along with all that equipment. Um, it's gonna sit on a 10 foot by 10 foot concrete pad, and the height of the unit is gonna be a little over seven feet tall. Um, the total um, area that we are approximating, like footprint, is uh, about 15 feet by 20 feet, and it's gonna be set back three foot from the edge of that pavement. Um, we're gonna surround that with a privacy fence. So that total footprint area, that does include the, the privacy fence as well. Um, and then all of these structures would be maintained uh, by MSD. Can go to the next slide. This is a photo of the proposed location. So right in between, there's two trees, one thinner, one thicker. So it'll be sort of located um, within that area. And like I mentioned, it's gonna be set back about three feet from the edge of the pavement. You can go to the next slide. Um, so we selected this location for a couple of reasons. One, we wanna make sure we have enough distance between the point of chemical injection and that downstream uh, discharge point for there to be optimal odor treatment. Um, we also wanna make sure we're reducing uh, impact to traffic. So we've placed it on a, on a street that's gonna have a lot lower volumes of traffic um, than maybe Keller Road would. Um, this would, the location will also um, not impede driver visibility. Can I ask a question, where is the discharge point? So the, if you wanna go back a couple of slides, um, I can show you, it's on Keller Road on that west end, keep going. <laughs> like all the way back to that uh, project map. Yeah, so you see um, the end of that blue line where it, where it hits that green, 
arrow right there. Mm -hmm. That's where that, that downstream manhole is. But actually, I'm sorry. sorry. The point where we're going to see the odors would be where the low pressure force main is connecting to the gravity main. Connected. So that's the point of like discharge that we, that we would see the odors the most. You're talking about the where the red hits the blue. Where the red hits the blue, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Where the red hits the blue. Okay. Yes. That's you said. That's three feet off of edge of pavement. Yes, three feet from the edge of pavement. So does that allow for enough? Uh, you know, when we push snow, we're mm -hmm. pushing it off the road. Is that enough area? Or are we going to be constantly pushing it into a fence? Not in the big snow. It's not. So is the door, does the door, the gate or door, whatever is going to be there, does that face the road so like all, this one does? So the design of the, the fence has not been fully um, completed. And so we would want to work with the township to make sure that we are designing that um, to fit within, you know, any zoning laws or anything like that that you guys might have in place. And as well as the look of the fence, we would do our best to kind of match the look of the, the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Would it be open on the bottom like this one, or is that subject? To um, that's something it? that will be designed or decided later on, and we can we can figure that piece out as well. That's not an elemental feature of it. Uh, no, necessary. I don't think so. Okay. okay. So you had mentioned that each property that benefits will maintain their own grinder. So they, and this is obviously you said it was a a, a petition that moved this that advanced this project. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that each these property owners are aware of yes. this project? They're aware that this station is going is, is going to be necessary to make this system function and that this is going to be in place? I'm not sure how aware people are of the odor control unit, but with the grinder pumps, that would have been indicated um, at the beginning of the project since we are doing a low pressure force main. So they would know that they do need to operate and maintain those grinder pumps. And what does that entail exactly? The operation and maintenance. I don't know exactly everything they would need to do for, for that. And we can follow up with you and see if somebody, um, our designer may have some additional information that he can provide on kind of the maintenance side of that. And yeah, the, it would be good to know to understand, you know, are they required to service it once a year, every three months? Exactly. And what does that entail? What's, you know, yeah. what's the cost associated with that? Obviously, if this is a petitioned initiative um, and you receive 67% support to advance it, I would assume that some of that had been has been communicated or that they're they're aware of that but i think it would be good for us to understand what that cost implication is and um if they aren't aware that this is the type of odor control that's necessary i think that's an important thing for residents to understand as well and they so um once we get through um, a certain portion of design we do come back and let everybody know hey this is where we're at um and you know this is this is yeah, the design so far. And so that would happen around 90% design or 95% design. Um, and right now we're about 60%. So there will be a time for them to um, be made aware of the full design of the project. And then um, following design, we have public hearings. So they can come and express any opposition they have to the project at that point. So there's, there's stages for them to to be made aware of all of the final uh, versions of design as well as uh, being able to have their voices heard. Have you had a conversation with the person who's going to have this 15 by 20 foot uh, fence on their front lawn? I don't believe we have. That's a pretty important <laughs> conversation. I'm shocked. <laughs> that that <laughs> I believe it's because it's in right away. Exactly. It's right so right it's, still. It's, it starts with you guys. Yeah. 
uh, for sure. And yeah. like I mentioned, once we get further down into the design, they would be made aware that this would go in front of their home and they can express <coughs> opposition to that during the public hearing. What are the alternatives to this site or to having it at all? Um, there's not really <coughs> too many alternatives that we've um, looked at right now. I mean, the alternative to it being in the public right away would be it being on private property. Um, and so that would be more of a burden to the property owners if, if we went that direction. Um, the reason why we don't want to go to Keller Road is, you know, some of those issues that I mentioned before, which is making sure you're having optimal treatment. So you need to have that the right amount of distance. And then you also, uh, we want to make sure we're not impeding traffic. So about once a month, there will be um, a maintenance truck that comes by because they have to refill those chemical tanks. Um, and that's going to block the the lane for a, you know a good amount of time, and so we want to prefer to have that happen on the on a lower traffic street. Has a pit been considered? Um, that has been, but un unfortunately, with the underground structure, it's really cost prohibitive. There's additional uh, safety issues that we would have to work out, and it's just it's not. Um, I don't think it's a viable option for us right now. If an auto collides with this uh, tank. What kind of chemicals are in there? Um, it's bioxide. So uh, I, I'm not familiar with bioxide, but is it, it how dangerous is that? Is it dangerous at all? Uh, I don't think it's a particular <coughs> uh, big safety risk. It's a very common, um, this is a very common odor control unit. We actually have it um, at various places around Cincinnati. So. so I know it is different than the one in Anderson because the one in Anderson, they were required to have a shower and they're not required to have that here. Yeah. That one in Anderson does use a, diff a different chemical. So this one, you'll see that little eyewash stage, that green little bit, that's an eyewash station, as, as Tracy just mentioned. Um, and um, so the, it's a slightly different chemical. But this picture just gives you a general understanding of kind of the look uh, that you would see uh, uh, in front of that, that uh, property. So let's talk a little bit about the chemicals um, a little further. Animals, pets, small children, is, is this stuff toxic to them if, if a dog gets under there and licks the side of that tank is he is is Fido gonna see morning or is or do we have a problem um I, I mean I wouldn't advise the talking. <laughs> I can I can follow up with some probably some safety data sheets as well that may help you understand I think that's something that residents concern. are probably gonna ask no, questions about absolutely yeah okay. but um that's the other reason why we want to have that okay. privacy and security fence to keep you know every people away from from you know all the equipment that's there mm -hmm. You said an alternative could be on private land as opposed to this. Yes. And the property owner and might not like that. So, well, the, the question there is, would that be through an eminent domain process or would you need to negotiate with the property would, owner, in which case they'd be happy if they got a good price? It would be a negotiation through our right-of-way group. So we would basically need to obtain an easement um, from the property owner to be able to basically use a lot, utilize their, their land for, you know, uh, basically a permanent amount of time indefinite amount of time basically so and then the right to enter to um to do any maintenance which is coming on their property you know probably once a month to fill up those chemical tanks so that's an option but presumably probably more expensive for msd than putting it by the side of the road on our land it it, it, it does have an extra expense um as well as some schedule issues uh, whenever you have to go through the right away uh, process it does add a lot of time to your schedule um and then there's just the, the impact to the property owner, you know, mm -hmm. pushing more into their property, taking away their actual, um, their actual land uh, versus doing it in the, in the public right away. So. 
Would this be landscaped around it at all? Um, we can landscape around it, but there is an issue with easement. Mm -hmm. So the way, uh, the amount of space we have around uh, the the structure is is really not enough <coughs> to put landscaping all the way around it. Um, it butts up right against the right yeah, way you line. You could on the so ends, we but would that would need, be it. Yeah, we would need to essentially get an easement um, basically to put in landscaping because we would want to make sure we have that understanding of who is maintaining that landscaping. Hmm. I have one more question about the process. You said after 90 percent, uh, after the plans are 90 percent done, then there will be public hearings. No, no, sorry. Well, so once we, once we complete our 90 percent design review meetings, we send out a notification letter to all of the property owners and so they would get to see a set of drawings. Um, the public hearings wouldn't take place until we are, have completed uh, to 100% design. Okay. So we send it out to them, we let them take a look. They're able to kind of look at um, kind of where their laterals are, are lined up, things like that, and they can come back to us with any questions. And then uh, we finalize the design, we go, if we need right away, we would have to go through the right away process. And then once that's done, we have our 100% designs, and then we go to the public hearing. So at the public hearing, if they have a lot of objections or they've changed their mind because of what it looks like, is there, do they have a, an avenue to go down, or is this 67% vote make this a done deal? No, I think uh, basically once, when they have the public hearing, they're able to have their voices heard, and then I believe that the Board of County Commissioners, they take all that information into account, and they approve or don't approve of, of the project moving forward after okay. that. Is that thing noisy at all? Uh, no, there's no noise um, anticipated from this. The pumps are quite small, so it shouldn't be making a lot of noise. Yet. Any other questions so far? All right, I think we can continue. <laughs> 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 it's fine. It's okay. Thank it's you. Like a hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more. Um, and oh, one oh, go back one. There we go. Um, and so, as you guys may know, mm -hmm. uh, we have sent you guys over um, an intergovernmental agreement. Um, Basically, usually when we install this type of equipment, we obtain a permit or some type of agreement with a with the government agency. Um, I know you guys had desire a more permanent agreement that kind of relieves you of some of the liabilities that would come with putting a permanent structure in the right of way. And so our <coughs> legal counsel did draft an IGA to memorialize all the respective rights and responsibilities of each mm -hmm. of the parties um, in regards to ownership, operation, and maintenance. Of the of the unit, and so if you have any questions specific to that IGA that we did transfer over, uh, we would refer those to our legal counsel. Um, and if you need copies, I do have a couple of copies with me today, but I believe you have electronic versions of those. So. We can go to the next slide. Um, lastly, I do want to touch on the project schedule. So right now, as I mentioned, we're in our design phase. We are trying to get to our 60% design. Um, following that, once we complete design and we complete any right away that may be necessary, which right now we don't need any right away, um, we would do the public hearing and then there would be the Board of County Commissioners construction approval. So that's them approving of whether the project would move forward to construction or not. And this is Hamilton County, just to make sure I'm clear on that. That would take place between summer 2022 and winter 2023. And then we would go to construction as long as everything is approved. And that would take place between spring 2023 and summer 2024. Um, as I mentioned right now, we don't need easements. However, if easements are needed, um, that would obviously delay this schedule that I have here. 
All right, so if you guys have any additional questions, I think we have some notes too of some things that we will follow up with you guys on, but any other questions? So you said you're at about 60% now, and mm -hmm. once you get to 90% is this is what kind of triggers this summer to 2022 to 23. Um, am, I, am I understanding that correctly? So once we, once we uh, complete our um, 95% design, right. we go to right-of-way if we need right-of-way. Right. And then, um, then it after goes that, it goes, it's 100% design, and then we can do the okay. public hearings. Got it. <coughs> Got it. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. Where are the individual grinder pumps located? Um, so it, it's going to depend on the individual property. I think typically they're located in basements. Okay. So yes. Okay. So the equipment is actually in, inside. In the, yes. yes. Right. I think there are options where someone can um, put their grinder pump outside, um, okay. but I do believe that typically they're they're inside. But that's all right. you know. Private side, they will have to bring somebody in to get those installed. Yeah. Themselves. You know, I'm, I'm, it, it's it's a macerating pump, but it it's it's essentially. Uh, an oversized sump pump, right? Oh, right. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, as, far as, as far yeah. as the general structure, it's just massive. And it's so, grinding okay. everything up, yeah. so it's like so a story that doesn't. Yeah. If if that fails, mm -hmm. and the homeowner um, it is not quick to, to to alleviate the issue, the problem is going to be in their house. Yep. Not okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's well. a, that's it's <laughs> a private side. Yeah, they. Yeah, they you know. Yeah, part part of what. Trustee Tracy was it was alluding to is there are O and M associated with these units, sure. but you know we're kind of limited in our design scope because of lack of gravity options, and we it's not big enough to install a huge pump station, which no one really likes either. But right. the mm -hmm. best option in these particular instances are these small little force main yeah. where people own and operate, kind of like a septic tank, sure. but now the pump. Along those lines, you had mentioned that this was a, a petition, and 67% of the the property owners <coughs> approved it, which advanced, which you know, allowed this project to advance. Mm -hmm. Does that mean everybody in the area is now required to tie into this, or can you opt out of it and continue to operate your septic system or whatever you've been operating? MSD does not require anybody to connect to okay. the sewer. That would be uh, Hamilton County Public Health decision okay. they had to, but they everybody will be assessed. Everyone will be assessed. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, Interesting. It's okay. an important note because Hamilton County Public Health has some skin in the game here too. The people probably petitioned us because their septic tanks are failing. Right. And honestly, replacement of septic tank is not always cost effective. No. So they sometimes come to us, and that's where I say we want a sewer option. We present it, and yeah, but they they have a role here too, and, and it's and it's sometimes it can hold up building permits as mm -hmm. well. Because if their septic tank's deficient and they want to do house improvements, they'll hold up the building department will say, no bueno, until you get the septic issue addressed, whether it's a <coughs> estimate or replacement. Okay. So are they, the, I'm assuming the homeowner is responsible for the installation of the pump and the pipe out to the right of way, just like on a sewer project? Yes. Okay. So we would build the <coughs> laterals up to the right of way, and then their responsibility would be the privatized back of their house. And I would assume that this uh, sewer will be full most of the time because the pump's going to force the water through, and if it's not forcing, it's going to be full, That's sitting right. there. It it's not going to be empty because it's not right. gravity-fed. That's right. And that's one of the reasons why we need odor control, because oftentimes um, sewage would kind of sit 
until another pump from another house kind of turns on. Right. And so, you know, that can turn into like a septic environment and that's where bacteria builds up and we start getting those odors. And so that's why we um, recommend an odor control with these types of systems. So an another question, power outages over there may be rarer than they are in Heitmeyer where they seem to happen every week over here. Mm -hmm. But uh, what happens if the power does go out for some extended period of time? Is there a backup generator to keep the um, For the odor control unit? Yeah. Um, I will have to check in with our designer and see if we have backup power um, for the generator. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up on that. Yeah. Based on the discussion I had today for treatment people, there's no backup power associated with those units. We typically associate them with pump stations because those are mostly um, it, it's about capacity and, you know, <laughs> needed to get the poop out of the system. Yeah. Sorry, for lack of a, a, a glorious <laughs> term there. But it, 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 it's the main issue is making sure that flow is going to the system right. and that's on the property owners and the power situation there. Not necessarily, odor is not so much the issue. It's more or less making sure flow keeps maintained. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if there's no power, that odor is going to be the like, least of their concern. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Right. Because they're not going to have yeah. sewage yeah. 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 if yeah. there's a power out. Okay. The odor outside is a good issue. So, so without without holding your feet to the flame about uh, an, an actual number, mm -hmm. what's the cost comparison between this above ground structure and and an in ground structure? It's got, I mean, are we talking? Does it does it double the cost, triple the cost of of the actual um, unit? I was talking to a designer today, and you know, I think he said it may triple the cost. I can follow up to give you an okay. actual That's number. Fair. But, you know, if we're building a, you know, basically if you take the structure that I, this footprint that I mentioned and then put that underground, that's a pretty deep underground um, structure. Mm -hmm. Plus, you may need extra space for safety concerns. Sure. You need extra yeah. equipment. There's fans that you space, actually need uh, to put down there. Area. It could slide down into a confined space entry type of yeah. um, okay. type of structure and so and then plus you have the additional of the structure that you need to make sure you're maintaining as well so it's a it's a definitely a, a higher cost for sure okay can I get a paper copy of that IGA from you absolutely does anybody else need one I could probably use one too thank you that's what I was getting <laughs> <laughs> Just got to hand it over, right, Tracy? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He, he's got <laughs> That's what I was going to do. I will say it would be very useful to know what that property owner on the corner who is most affected by it thinks about this. Mm -hmm because that person's going to be very vocal if they're not happy with it. That's, that's I agree, that's true. Now the odor yeah. problem, is that usually at the outfall where the force main is hitting the gravity, is that yes. where the problem is? That's where the problem would mainly be located, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think. Skyler, can you go back to that? I was already. You're already on it, right? The, the detail or the, the larger scale? The map. I think having a conversation with that property owner before you get to the 90% threshold yeah. is probably it's a really good idea. Pretty important yeah. conversation to have. Yeah. <clears throat> that may not be your typical process, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. I think a structure yeah. of that size and scale I, um, is is a is pretty important. I agree that. <laughs> what did you say? 15, 15 by say. 20, seven feet tall. Um, that is approximate. Um, the so the 15 by 20 feet that's an approximate amount because like I said everything's not fully designed we're only at 60% design mm -hmm. but that's the approximate um, 
size. And then the seven feet tall, I think that's pretty, um, that's pretty decided, but that's the height of all the equipment yep. and not necessarily the height of the fence. Right, right. Do you guys typically install bollards, ballards? Um, yeah, guardrail. Uh, yeah, guardrail, so something on. I don't believe so. Okay. Um, if it's something that uh, we need to have a discussion about, if that's a concern, um, we can bring that to our designer. Uh, Skyler, you or, have you have this PowerPoint, correct? Uh, I have the PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just. Are, are they typically three feet away from the from the pavement? That's I, I actually do not know oh, the answer. The one at Anderson yeah. is. It's it very is. close. Okay. Because most township roads, if they're going on a township road, you're very limited right away. Yeah. Yep. You usually have about 12 feet behind the curb, and they're you know seven to ten feet wide. So does right. the Anderson one open to the road? The Anderson one does open to the road. I mean that it makes the most sense. Yeah. From well, an access standpoint, should you notice that the, the maintenance crews need to access the unit, the placement of the ball or would be pretty critical yeah. as well. Absolutely. To open up the gates, just FYI. That, that's the one in Anderson right there. Oh, this is Anderson. Okay. Yes. That's right on the. That is right on the street. It's right there. And then the, the, on, on this one, there was power right there next to it. Where will the power come for this one that we're talking about? I think there'll be a pole right next to it. <laughs> wow. This is going to be lovely. <laughs> oh, my God. I think well, having a conversation with that property owner is a pretty important <laughs> conversation. <laughs> As in it is. We typically use existing power poles to provide okay. power. So it's not right. like we're constructing a whole new power pole, are we? We're just using I the existing power uh, situation. We'll have to verify that. Yeah, I'll verify. Yeah. I, I talked to Margaret about this, and it seemed like we may be. Okay. So if there wasn't one closer, we may need one. We may need one closer. Yes. 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 Um, okay. From what our designer uh, explained to me, I believe we'll have like a shorter power pole that will be next to it. I can verify all, all of that for you guys as well. Okay. Anybody else have any other That's questions? <laughs> Larry may have a few after he reads it. And I'll talk to your lawyer about it. Okay, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. You, right, thank you, Chelsea. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Okay, next item on the agenda is public comments. Do we have anybody signed up? Uh, yes, sir, we do. We have Mr. Chris Vergelak. Okay. Good evening. My name is Christopher Jalak. We reside at 8124 Starting Gate Lane. And for the past 18 months, I have served as the chair of the Citizens Finance Committee until that committee was dissolved by the trustees two weeks ago tonight. During the course of that discussion two weeks ago, both the chair of the board and the fiscal officer said they were against the formation of the Finance Committee from the very beginning. The discussion could have ended there and the vote could have been taken to dissolve the committee. Instead, there was a 20-minute discussion which called into question the activities of the committee and the motives of its members. I'd like to respond to several things that were said about the Finance Committee during that meeting on February 1st. 
One of the concerns expressed about the committee was there was a risk of litigation should the committee not follow Ohio law as it relates to the conduct of its meetings. Finance Committee operated well within the legal requirements for open meetings. That requirement was clearly explained to us by the former administrator and all of our meetings were conducted in full compliance with the law, including published agendas, detailed meeting minutes, public access, and even audio recordings of all of our proceedings. Because we follow the open meeting law, any concern over litigation was not a valid reason for dissolving the committee. It was stated in the meeting that the Finance Committee should have been advisory in nature, but that it had gone off in its own direction by setting its own agenda. The fact of the matter is that the responsibilities of the Finance Committee were clearly delineated in its bylaws that were approved by the trustees when the committee was formed in the summer of 2020. The committee was tasked in those bylaws approved by this group with analyzing the expenditures and revenues of the township using financial records and budgets. The bylaws also specified that we meet with the township's auditor and review the results of the audit. It was stated at the February 1st meeting in a somewhat accusatory manner that I personally set the agenda for the meetings. In actuality, that is the responsibility of the committee chair. Mr. Kellum stated earlier in that meeting that Mr. Petty, as chair of the Parks Committee, was responsible for setting that committee's agenda. It's also very clear that the chair of this board sets the agenda for this body. Why should the responsibility for setting the agenda for the Finance Committee be any different? Also, I did not set the agenda by myself. I reviewed the, I reviewed a proposed agenda before every meeting with the former administrator would also provide his input into the topics to be discussed at our meetings. It was further stated at the February 1st meeting that the Finance Committee should have been more focused on special projects. The committee's bylaws do state that the committee will work on special projects as directed by the trustees. Unfortunately, at the time the committee was dissolved, we had not yet been given any tasks, additional activities from this group. At the February 1st meeting, I was quite surprised to hear that the committee was inappropriately overlooking, uh, looking over the shoulder of the fiscal officer, creating a burden on the staff, and was performing redundant work. At no time were any of those concerns brought to the attention of the Finance Committee by the fiscal officer. In fact, when I saw that the fiscal officer was not a member of the committee per the approved bylaws, I extended an open invitation to him to attend and participate in all of our discussions. We welcomed him to our meetings on several occasions, and he was actually complimentary of our work several times over the last 18 months. <clears throat> it was also stated that the Finance Committee was acting as another layer of audit over the fiscal officer's operation. I spent 10 years of my career as an auditor with one of the largest global CPA firms. And I can assure you that the committee at no time was conducting an audit by any stretch of the definition of that term. At the February 1st meeting, it was stated that the members of the committee were not representative of the entire geographic area of the township. My understanding as to how the committee was first constituted is that the administrator solicited volunteers in the township newsletter, letter, received resumes from residents interested in serving and then conducted phone interviews this was during the time of COVID. 
His recommended candidates were then presented to the trustees who voted them, this group voted them onto the committee. Regarding the so-called smoking gun resume that was recently discovered in the former administrator's files, it's my distinct recollection that the resident from Dillonvale who sent in her resume decided not to be considered for a position on the Finance Committee after her discussion with the administrator. Be that as it may, there were other, action that the trust, other actions that the trustees could have taken to increase the geographic representation of the committee, such as appointing new members when the terms of two of our members expired in July of this year, or by simply expanding the size of the committee. The trustees did not have to dissolve the committee in order to achieve their objective. While the foregoing purported reasons for dissolving the Finance Committee are not, in my mind, compelling, the most concerning justification given by certain trustees was that the committee was made up of hand-picked residents who had personal or political agendas in mind when they agreed to serve. That could not be farther from the truth. I challenge anyone to go back and either read the <coughs> minutes of our meetings or listen to the audio recordings and find one instance in our deliberations where a personal or political agenda was being proposed, considered, or acted upon. The chair of this board's, the chair of this board's comments regarding an implied pay-for-play arrangement regarding the appointment of one of our committee members is so preposterous that I'm not even going to comment on it either any further. Certain trustees and the fiscal officer concluded their comments regarding the dissolving of the committee by recommending that the prior members of the committee reapply as candidates for the planned reconstituted finance committee. I found that comment to be personally offensive and possibly an attempt at some level of face saving on the part of those who made it. Why take action to dissolve an active, effective committee and yet ask the same residents to reapply? Who would want to serve on a township finance committee that is not empowered to review monthly financial results, budgets, and audit results, whose recommendations are disregarded and whose past activities are characterized as being politically motivated? I cannot speak for the others who serve on the committee, but after this experience, I currently have no interest in serving on a finance committee in Sycamore Township. Finally, I've come to realize that there are basically two types of concerned citizens in Sycamore Township. On the one hand, there are those concerned citizens that prefer to operate anonymously and in the background and look to get involved only when it serves their political purposes, such as at election time. On the other hand, there are concerned citizens in this township who freely volunteer their time and talent to serve the committees, serve on committees, and attend meetings in order to serve the community and their fellow residents. I'm pleased to say that the members of the Finance Committee clearly fall into that latter group. It was an honor and a privilege to serve on the committee with all of them. I'll simply end my comments tonight by thanking Trustee James for his support of the Finance Committee and for his service to the residents of the township. Good evening. Thank you, Mr. Virgilak. Thank you, Chris. Anybody else? No, sir. Okay. I, I would like to add for the record, just since this came up in his comments, that the uh, Dillonvale resume that was mentioned in the last meeting 
you might have seen after the meeting, you actually got it by email in May of yeah, 2020. I, checked, I, checked. I didn't have it, but I had not seen that until it was brought to my attention by mm -hmm. uh, staff most recently. Well, for the public's reference, it was circulated to all the trustees, and as Mr. Virgilak noted, the applicant from Dillonville withdrew her application and unfortunately wasn't on the committee, but I understand from what Mr. Kellams has indicated more recently, she is interested she is in interested. serving in a reconstituted one. So if we do reform the committee, and I understand it's the board's desire to do that, I hope she applies and is qualified to serve. Yeah, just while, you, while you're making comments on Mr. Virgilek's uh, comments, I'm going to go ahead and make one as well. Um, I said a lot of things at the February 1st meeting, but one thing I did not say was I was, a, I was a, opposed to a finance committee uh, at all. I said I, would, I, was, I thought it was a good idea to have a finance committee and that we would create bylaws to, uh, to uh, have them do what the trustees want them to do. I never said that I was opposed to a, to, a, uh, to a finance committee. What I did say was I voted no on this finance committee because it was totally misrepresentative of our entire population and it was all put together in a five-week span I'm not sure why we had to rush through fi in five weeks to put this group together, but it was put together in a five-week period, and we had three people from one neighborhood. We have four. We had, I think we have four people total out of five from Kenwood. Nobody from from Dillonvale at all, which is 40% of our population. That's bad. That's bad representation. Our new board will. Our new committee will have representation from all the neighborhoods in our in our. Uh, uh, in our uh, township because I think that's extremely important so I'm done with comments on that let's get we, moving we on thank mr. Virgilak for his service and uh, wish him the best uh, sheriff patrol report Mike. Uh, nothing night but I would like to pass along all the guys thanks to mr. Kellum's crews for all their hard work last the last week that was a big storm and you guys did a great job thank you I'll pass that along okay any questions EMS fire chief we had, uh, Tracy and I had a meeting with Kevin Robbins that is uh, doing the design for the HVAC system at the north. And uh, we sat down with him and he's got a very nice plan put together, some drawings. Uh, we did have to have it modified a little bit, so he's working on that now and then tomorrow. We're meeting with him again to do the finalization. We're hoping to have uh, the, the complete drawing and some pricing to bring to the board for the next meeting. Okay. And then... Uh, the only other thing I have is the Otarma grant. We did get awarded a thousand dollars on that uh, from 2021, and we're using it to buy a thermal imaging camera for the trucks. And um, we, and now we got a 2022 one, so we're going to apply for another one. Okay, that's all I got. Great. Any questions? Next item up is roads maintenance and recreation report, Mr. Kellams. <coughs> uh, following up with what chief said our uh, our crews did a great job that was one of the toughest storms we've ever had in my tenure here and uh, it was an expensive storm too i mean we went, went through over 300 tons of salt in one storm because it it just wouldn't stop so uh, you know luckily we have uh enough guys that we can run two shifts so we worked they worked around the clock till it was cleaned up so uh, they they did a great job the only other thing I have is a resolution for a, a road program. Uh, as you know, we went out uh, on the street for our road program. Uh, this is uh, <coughs> over in the Kenwood Meadows neighborhood. Uh, 
streets are on here. Most of this is on uh, roads that if you've been in the area, you saw that uh, Waterworks was over there the last year, year and a half, uh, putting to get putting uh, water main down through all these roads. Uh, so they are quite uh, damaged. Uh, we have an agreement with Waterworks uh, in the tune of $306,000 that they are going to participate with. And that was based on uh, uh, the amount of asphalt at the time. That agreement may go up. Asphalt came in much higher. Uh, I had a talk with uh, Mr. Weedman about decreasing the price of, of this uh, the size of this program this year. Uh, originally, it was uh, larger originally. Uh, we went in and basically cut this neighborhood in half. Uh, what we're doing now is what was damaged by the waterworks. Uh, about the only way that we could make this any smaller would be to uh, eliminate a lot of the curb work and the concrete work that's in there. Now, some of the curb was done, that the stuff that was done is not included in this project. The problem with eliminating that curb work is, you know, we're looking to get 15 to 20 years out of our road program. That curb will not last that long. So if we go back, if we go ahead and pave and eliminate some of that, we will be back cutting up good asphalt to replace the concrete. Yeah. And I just uh, feel that, that, that we, at this time we, we should not do that so the the projects uh 1.232 million with gcw's 306 there's a contingency of 112 we put in 112,000. we put 10 percent contingency in all our projects in a standard mill and fill we usually do not touch that contingency so i would not foresee that our contingencies are usually used up in uh, full rehabs and reconstructions so the actual township cost is going to be somewhere around 800000 and there was much more than that. Uh, we we uh, appropriated over a million dollars for this year's road program, so that falls well within our appropriation. So with all that being said, I would like to read a resolution. A resolution authorizing a contract for the 2022 road improvement program and dispensing with a second reading. I move we approve the resolution as presented. I'll second that. Motion and a second. Any further discussion? Uh, Tracy, I think I, I agree with you on the curbs, the curb work. I think that uh, for us to not do the curb work in, uh, uh, in conjunction with the mill and fill, that we're going to create new problems somewhere down the road. So I agree with that. And, and I appreciate you getting the, the cost of the, uh, reducing the, uh, the budget on this one as well. So uh, did good, you did a good job. I have no other comments. Anybody else? Okay, uh, Mr. Porter. Uh, Mr. James. Aye. Ms. Schwegman. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Tracy, anything else? Not, no, sir, not on the roads. And this is for Prue's construction, so as you know, we've used them many yep. times. Mm -hmm. They're uh, very good contractor. Tracy, I do have a roads-related question for you and the chief, and maybe for Mr. Miller also. I don't know if you've had a chance to discuss this after I mentioned it to Skyler after our last meeting, but we'd looked last year at possibly putting a no-parking zone on a portion of Charter Oak Drive, and, Chief, you were able to talk to a resident whose truck was the main obstacle there, and that got moved, but 
over the last year there's been a lot of traffic stacked up across the street from each other or immediately like corner to corner on cars restricting the traffic flow through there still i think we may need to look at that and I, I hate to say that those are my neighbors i drive through there every day and i know people aren't going to be happy if we do that are they parking on both sides they're parking on both sides again and the problem really is the side opposite where the hydrants are which is not the usual one but because yeah. of the, the tree lay of it and all that there we may need to look at the side opposite the hydrants and the hydrant itself that would be most affected is actually between two driveways and nobody parks there so it would never be blocked on that side anyway yeah. I, I don't know if we need to move ahead with it or if you might want to take a look well, and the chat with some people again <laughs> it's um to do a no parking opposite of the hydrant would fall under the township just wanting to do that the only yeah. authority the fire department would have is on the hydrant side yeah. So, which um, is the way we almost always do it because yeah. of that reason, because yeah. it falls under the safety safety services. And there's, you know, as you know, because it's your neighborhood, there's a lot of people that park on that side. There's only like sporadic parking on the other side. But if we're going to do a fire lane, I believe it needs to be on the hydrant side. I agree. Well, the the problem with the hydrant side, this is what I've, I mentioned before, and it'd be easier to see with a map there, I think, but. People come in off of Kugler Mill Road, entering on Charter Oak, on the side where the hydrants are, pretty rapidly, and the road's not that wide already. With traffic coming out, they might be heading face on into people um, coming down the other side, the way it's oriented. Comes up to a curve also. It, it, it's hard to envision without looking at it, I think, but I think it's actually less safe if we do it on the hydrant side because you're going to be stacking more cars on the other side. So as people are exiting the neighborhood to Kugler Mill, they're going to be pushed to the middle of the road as people are coming around from kind of a blind curve, crossing 71 and turning in the neighborhood. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of traffic that does that. But if it's on the hydrant side, the people coming in fast are going to be on the opposite side of the road. I would say yeah, that's that, less safe. Th that's, how, that's how it's been for a long time, I guess, because yeah. habitually people have parked on that side of the road. The, the parking on the other side has been a much more recent problem. It's been the last couple of years where people actually started doing it. Before mm -hmm. that, it seemed like for the last 20 years they never did. Right. I mean, somebody's going to be left to say, yeah. no matter which yeah. side oh, yeah. you put yeah. it yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It so. makes the most sense to stay on the hydrant side for sure. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that, Chief? Well, that's that would be the reason we would do it. Yeah. Would be for to keep hydrants clear. There, there is some there is some guidelines in the ORC of, on uh, how many feet from intersections that you can control that traffic flow to. So that that's might true. be something to look at. Yeah. The hard part is that that bend there. There's no stop sign when you're coming in. And right. So you come in hot and right. And you just you're going, and all of a sudden you're on the bend, and bang, and you're 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 staring right into the grill of an oncoming car, yeah. and you know. I, I, I'm agnostic as to which side, you know, and I think, you know. <clears throat> but you drive through the problem all the time, too, like me. I, think. I mean, it exists. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I come in the other side more frequently, but but that is a problem corner without question. I, and I, I would leave it at that. I mean, I, I don't I don't experience it daily like you do, but um, it is. You know, we, we have done this on both sides. It's just that the one side would be no parking any time. Right. It would not be a fire lane. Mm -hmm. right. The fire lane would be on the side where the hydrant is. Mm -hmm. The best way to approach that would be to look at which side of the traffic is going left to center coming from Cougar Mill. Mm -hmm. Because that would be the faster traffic and right. it is a quicker uh, approach to those parked cars coming mm -hmm. off of Cougar Mill than coming around the bend off of 
So mm -hmm. we'd, we could look at it that way, too. Well, can you guys take a, a look at it again mm -hmm. and make yeah. some recommendations? Yeah. I've, I've had neighbors contact me about it. Yeah, we can do that. I've been kind of closing my eyes to the problem, thinking I, I don't want to have to do anything about this, but other people are complaining about it. So, Okay. We'll take a look at that. Thank you. Anything else? Planning and zoning report, okay. Mr. Miller. Uh, I'll be very brief. Uh, last night's uh, scheduled zoning commission meeting was uh, canceled uh, last week due to uh, uh, the, the applicant's request to table. Uh, after sitting down and reviewing the uh, the site design uh, with the uh, property owner representative and uh, um, their design engineer, uh, there were some deficiencies, questions. Um, I didn't feel it was complete enough to, to have a, a full review by Zoning Commission. And uh, based on that conversation, they um, uh, they withdrew it. Well, they didn't withdraw it. They tabled, they asked to table it uh, so that they could uh, be better prepared for a March meeting. So okay. they are planning to come back in uh, in March for that uh, that PUD two review. This is the old greater okay. site tire discounters. So yeah, this is uh, so tire discounters uh, acquired the uh, the old greater site. Um, essentially, they are proposing to uh, raise both buildings and build a a, uh, a new their their new prototypical building uh, on that site. Um, and they're they're looking forward to to having a you know a long term uh, you know presence in the in the Kenwood area for the future. And their commitment is also to take that uh, that billboard down, which is great. The, yes, the plan I, I can say that the billboard is is certainly coming down, no matter no matter how they they adjust this plan. Yeah. Either that or it's right in the middle of their building, <laughs> or, or the parking lot. Yeah, so. Okay. Uh, other than that, uh, we don't have uh, we don't have BZA this uh, um, this month. There's been no request for variances, conditional uses, or uh, or appeals. So um, everybody's been watching the Bengals. We, we like yeah, that's right. They're watching the Bengals. Yeah. There's also snow on the ground. Nobody nobody <laughs> wants to build that. So uh, the uh, the new tax amendments that the, the trustees approved uh, those actually. I think officially go into effect um, later this week on the 18th. Okay. So that's all I have. Any questions? Law Director Report. Larry? I have nothing to report. Okay. Administrator Report. Mr. Kellams. So the first thing I have is a, a contract with ESP. Uh, that our existing contract expires the end of this month. Uh, so we need a new contract starting off uh, in March. Ms. Gunderson put this together with a, uh, a new contract along with the new pricing sheet. I believe it was sent out to everyone. So we have a resolution authorizing contract with ESP Media LLC for video production services. I move we approve the resolution as presented. I'll second. Motion is second. Any further discussion? I would just say ESP has done a wonderful job yeah. for us the last couple of years, and uh, they're a township-based business also, and uh, we look forward to continuing to work with them if we approve this. I agree. Great job, guys. Uh, Mr. Porter. Uh, Mr. James. Aye. Ms. Schwegman. Aye. Mr. Wheaton. Aye. So 
This was also in your packet. I have a resolution amending 2022 appropriations, dispensing with the second reading and declaring an emergency. And if you look at these appropriations, it's salary. It's salary for road and bridge and also salary for fire protection. Uh, there had been no uh, overtime included at all in the appropriations at the beginning of the year that was done. So that was that's the reason for the need of the increase. You want to read the resolution? Did you read it? I'm sorry. You did. I did. Do we have a motion? I, I move we approve the resolution amending appropriations as presented. Second. Motion is second. Any further discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. James. Aye. Ms. Schwegman. Aye. Mr. Weaver. Aye. Next, we have a resolution authorizing direct transfer of funds to the CIC. Uh, what there was nothing appropriated or transferred over at the beginning of this year. Everything that we've been using so far was left over from last year. So we need to transfer some more funds in order for the grant program to continue. So I have a resolution authorizing directing transfer of funds for economic development purpose to Sycamore Township CIC Incorporated, the Designated Community Improvement Corporation of Sycamore Township and dispensing with the second reading. I move that we approve the resolution as presented. Larry, I don't know if I can, I guess I can. I, I'm not on the CIC, but I can I can certainly yes, author, can. I can certainly approve funds being transferred to them. Is that yes. correct? Okay, yes. I, I'll second then. Motion is second. Any further discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. James. Aye. Ms. Schwagman. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Tracy, do you know how much we've, uh, how many, how much in grants we've issued so far this year? I do know. Okay. I can get that number for you, though. Okay. Um, purchase orders over 5,000. Looks like we have three. Yes, we have three. And these have all had money appropriated for them. So the first one is. 22-165-1 to Likens Energy Solutions. This is for fuel for the police department. This is for $6,231.52. The second one is to W.A. Jones. Uh, we had purchased a service body earlier in the year, and this is to outfit with the drawers. This is a service body for the mechanic. This is 22-197 for $9,158.66. And the third one is, a this is a renewal for fire department for their accident and health insurance. This is something through a pillar that we have through Provident uh, that is emergency, for our emergency medical services uh, for benefits applied while they're performing their duty. So this is a three-year renewal. This is uh, a three. This is one-year dollar amount here, but it's the same amount for three years. It's locked in for three years, but the annual renewal is eight thousand two hundred ninety-five dollars, and that's PO number twenty-two one ninety-nine to Pillar Insurance Incorporated. Okay. 
Okay. Do we have a motion to approve the purchase orders? I move we approve purchase orders as listed on the report being numbers 22-165-1-197 and 199. Second. Motion Sorry. to second. Any further discussion? I'm just curious. What's the dash one for on the 165? Uh, because there was a previous 165. Okay. So they just made another one. Mr. Porter. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Schwagman. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Next item up is fiscal officer report. I, I have a few um, questions for Mr. Skell. I'm sorry. I just wanted to get an update. If we could, where are we? Uh, no offense on your performance of your job, but where are we on the search for a new administrator? We've got an ad running or running in various yes, places. Yes, we have ads running in various places. We are looking to continue that through the end of February and see where we're at at that time. Have we gotten any resumes yet? We have gotten, I believe, nine. Okay, would you share those with the board, please? I certainly may. Thank you very much. Um, and Larry's doing a wonderful job, too, but we're also doing a search for law director. Where are we with that? We are nowhere with that. Okay. We, have, we have not started that, and I believe we're going to wait to have our, uh, our new administrator in place. So, uh, uh, Larry, hopefully you'll stay on with us a little bit longer. Yeah, happy to. Okay. One other question. I see we have a letter on our website from Dynagy now explaining something about the second cards going out. I don't know if you have any information beyond that, Tracy, but I've gotten questions from people again wondering why they got a second gift card from Dynagy in the mail. We were discussing that before the meeting began here. Actually, I've gotten a second one at home. I have too. This one states an amount on it. I understand from the letter they gave us that's apparently a replacement for the original card, so you don't get to spend both if there's money on both, right. I don't According think. According to the letter, that, and that's all I know also from the letter. Yeah. Now, I've gotten an email that I have forwarded on to uh, Mr. Dieters, and he is going to respond to that. Okay. That's good. Um, and just for the public's reference, if anyone's interested, I know Mrs. Swegman said that she tried to use hers at first, and it didn't work, and then she asked the cashier Kroger to enter the exact amount that she knew was on the card, and then it did work. And I didn't even so have to ask the cashier yeah. that. The cashier knew exactly what to yeah. do. And I told her it was a debit card with a certain amount yeah. of so funds that's, on that's it. That's good she information said, to know, though. The, the cashier said, oh, I'll just key it in, and I was good to go. So yeah. um, it, you know, it did not work if you just tried to swipe it, yeah. and it wouldn't automatically deduct it. But the cashier hmm. knew what to do. I didn't tell her. She actually told me what she was going to do and took care of it right away. So. That's did good. you have to give her the amount, or she knew to key I it? I gave it to her. Okay. I, when, I, when I got my card and I activated it, I simply wrote the amount down and sharpie on the back of my card so I knew what it was. Um, I just do that <laughs> when I get, when I get gift cards or other things so I know what's actually, what, what their value is. Um, so I happened to know what the amount was when I went into Kroger's and I said, well, this is what it's worth. She said, oh, I got it. I'll key it in. And it was fine. It worked just fine. So. Very good. All right. Thanks. And I think I did throw away my first one, just for the record, because <laughs> this is the only one I think I got, and apparently this is the replacement. So I think we did. I think our house news. did throw away the throw away the first one. Yeah. So. Okay, fiscal officer report, Mr. Porter. Yes, we had cash receipts of one hundred forty thousand eight hundred ninety-two dollars and ninety-seven cents. Uh, checks in the amount of one million thirty-eight thousand four hundred eighty dollars and ten cents. A complete listing of all uh, receipts and disbursements is available in the packet. Okay, we have a motion to approve. Uh, motion to approve. 
I'll second. Motion second. Any further discussion? Yeah. Mr. Porter, would you repeat the amount coming in again? I didn't jot it Coming again. in? Yes. Uh, $140,892.97. Thank you. Mr. Porter? Mr. James? Aye. Ms. Schwegman? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Next item is trustee comment. I, 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 sorry, I have fiscal questions, actually, if I may. Um, Mr. Porter, I, I know there was some computer glitch that uh, Debbie Campbell had this month, which didn't enable her to do an end of January report so we could have the monthly comparison report. So we have one from uh, February 9th, I guess, with numbers up through there. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I talked to Mr. Kellams, so we're going to try to make sure from now on we'll get them done at the end of the month. But I think we should make that a priority so we have a monthly comparison that no matter what, when the end of one month is entered, before the next one has any transactions entered, let's generate a report if there's not a way to do a date-limited report in bucks. However, I still can't believe there's not a way to do a date-limited report in bucks if it's an accounting system tracking transactions by date and amount and in and out. There's got to be a way to do it. But if, if we can't find that way or we have to pay for some module to do it that we don't have, let's at least make it a priority at the end of the month to do that before we enter new transactions. Can we do that? Yes. It already I would agree. is. I think it would have been done think, this yeah. month if it wasn't for yeah. computer problems. Yeah. It would have been done. And, and, and things happen. The other question I have is that, so the reports we got this month, we got the appropriation fund revenue report through February 9th, and we got a bank reconciliation report. Um, and, and I took a look at those. That's not quite the full set of reports we were getting before. I know we're in transition to the accounting system. And I'm, I'm not complaining about bucks. We want it to work. I just I want valid information here. But Mr. Porter, did you review the reports that I did. we all got? Did yes. you have any concerns about them? Yeah, I, I did, and they're being addressed. What, what was the concern? One, the, uh, the main concern was the uh, beginning balance. On which report? On the one that uh, sets you know sets out what's spent today. That kind of the bank reconciliation, or the no, not the bank. The, I have no the long one. I have yeah, the long one. The bank the, reconciliation. I have no concerns about. Okay, well, well, I do. Okay, because it's a million. $27,368.23 too low if you run it from November to December to January. The uh, November, end of November report we got showed we had a balance of 48605000 and change. That balance carried forward as the uh, balance coming in in December. And then December, end of December, the balance was 47338603344 which should have been the starting balance in January. But on this report, it doesn't look like it is. Or rather, the end of January. The end of January report shows, uh, sorry, the end of December report, which we got in January, shows 46,311,000 coming in. I, I think I see the source of, of the error on this report, possibly, because it looks like one of the monthly account balances on here is from a different month. but. That's a pretty big balance difference, and we need to make sure these reports are accurate when we get them. So would you please look into that? Yes, I will. All right, thank uh, you. And if we if could get it. alert me to what your concerns are, too. Okay, this was the monthly bank reconciliation that Debbie emailed out to us, I think, earlier this week. Oh, okay. um, the bank account balance for the total of all our accounts was a million and change less than it should have been. So, again, the first account on there is the U.S. Bank checking. It looks like 
that one's taken from the end of January instead of the end of December like all the others. So I think it was probably a data entry error that just led to this. So if we can get an amended one, that'd be great. But let, let's all look at these too and check it and make sure it does match up because we're supposed to be watching it. So thank you. Okay. Um, trustee comments. Um, Again, I reiterate uh, to, to Mr. Kellams and his staff what a fantastic job they did during the storm. Um, it was a very tough storm, and I know you guys, worked really, you guys worked really hard. Three inches of ice or more is not an easy storm. Um, so thanks to your team and, and all their hard work. I know that, that many folks even commented on social media when we post, when, when the township posted um, some, some photographs of their efforts, that there were resident comments that, that made note of, of what a great job that they had done. So, you know, I hope that, that those made it back to the staff for sure. Um, I also want to thank ESP Media for all they've done and glad that they're back for another year. I think you provide a valuable service to our residents um, in making these meetings not only available in real time, but uh, in, in, in perpetuity as well. So it's a valuable public service and it's important that folks have the ability to, to, to watch, watch these meetings and participate in whatever level they can. And if they can't be here, there's other ways for them to access it. So thanks for all you do. We're glad to have you on board for another year. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, let me add to what Tracy said there. Your guys did a fantastic job for that storm, and I, I had a way to compare some of it, too. My daughter and I went down to Clifton to UC over the weekend during that storm, and you'd think no one had cleared anything in the city of Cincinnati on some of their busiest roads. It was a terrible mess mm -hmm. down there, and our roads were crystal clear throughout the township. So what a dramatic difference and so your guys do fantastic work with that were they out at all during the super bowl do they have to go out and do anything then to it's not coming down that, that's a big sacrifice mm. I know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we all got home safely because of that then so that's good i wasn't in the snow it was 85 degrees where i was oh really so you did make it out there yeah oh congratulations very good um, so anyway, yeah, pass on from the entire board. I definitely really will. appreciate they, what they do. They work very hard. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to what Tracy said also. ESP Media is a family-run business located here in the township. Um, does great things for local sports and for uh, various governments, including our township. There's a nice guy standing in the back of the room here named Elliot, who's operating a camera right now, who just blinked funny when he heard me mention his name. <laughs> and uh, his dad, I think, is in the back room back there. And uh, we get great results from what they do, so we really appreciate all that goes on. Uh, they are paid to do this for the township, and they do an exceptional job with what they do. We have some people who do things for the township who don't get paid, too. They're volunteers on our committees. Uh, our zoning committee is is paid, our Board of Zoning Appeals is paid, but our Finance Committee and Park Committees weren't paid. Those are volunteers and those are people who put in time and do work for us or did work for us. And, and I want to express my appreciation to all of them for all they have done during that time. Um, I know it may be frustrating to see changes in those committees. I hope we are able to move forward and have people involved in them. We appreciate the work where people with skills, professional skills, will uh, volunteer that to the township to help out their fellow citizens. Volunteers who do things like that should never be denigrated for what they do. They should be appreciated. So I want to say we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, that's all I got. Okay. Um, announcement changes. Uh, President's Day, uh, Monday, February 21st. Township offices will be closed. Uh, as as um, Skyler has, uh, has said before, the BZA meeting on Wednesday, February 3rd, uh, 23rd was canceled due to lack of an agenda. 
And uh, for all the other all the other changes, please see our uh, our calendar on our website. Uh, we do have a request for executive session. To, uh, so I'm going to make a motion to adjourn into executive session with the township law director as permitted by Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22G1 to consider the employment of a public employee or official, and as permitted by Ohio Revised Code, uh, excuse me, Ohio Revised Code Section 121.22G3 to discuss imminent litigation. Do we have a second? Second. Motion is second. Any further discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. James. Aye. Ms. Schwegman. Aye. Mr. Weed. Aye. And who would you like to know, Mr. Weed?
We are back in from executive session at 8.59. Uh, roll call, Mr. Porter. Uh, Mr. James. I am here. Ms. Schwegman. Present. Mr. Weedman. Present. Uh, any additional business? Mr. Kellams. So we would need a motion to hire Tony Perkins. We, we don't have a resolution. We do for salary. Oh, okay. Um, I move that we hire Tony Perkins. For the position of road inspector, is that the correct? Okay. I'll second that. Motion second. Any further discussion? Mr. Border. Mr. James. Aye. Ms. Schwegman. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. So I have a resolution setting the rate of pay for a newly hired township employee. Any motion? Can we see it? Do you have that? I don't. Uh, do I have that? I believe you do. Did Beth give that to me? I'm sorry. I thought you had it printed out. I do. And we'll see it on the screen. Oh, no. We need a motion. We need a motion. Make a motion for the resolution. I just don't know what right, it we'll says. It. I, just it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what it oh, says. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Well, I think I think didn't we get that today? Was that? Oh, I already knew what it was. So it was not set out, but I thought Skyler had it. Uh, I actually have a question about this before we move to do it. This notes that um, they'll receive all applicable benefits pursuant to the handbook as amended from time to time with no limitation. We had a discussion as to need for that. Is that something we should exclude in the resolution as to insurance? Because otherwise we're giving that, which might actually trigger something in his existing coverage that might force us to take it on. We have always put this in the, in the resolution, and then Beth always dealt with it by the term of that. We can ask Larry. Well, I, yeah, I think it should be in there, too. I didn't know that it wasn't in there. Yeah, it's not. And some coverages would require him to take it, I think, if it's available. So can we quickly... His wife's coverage might... So can you want to get this right in, excluding... Well, or his coverage from his former employer, which you said he still it's had. It's, it's a pension. Pension. Yeah. But it, it, this could have a consequence for him if we don't include well, an exclusion in here is the thing. With the way the laws have changed, that is true. Larry, can we handwrite that in? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I do not have a digital version of that. My apologies. And that would do... Excluding. Excluding... Health insurance. Health insurance. insurance. Anything else to be excluded? No. All right.
Tracy, you can see that too. Approve a resolution setting the rate of pay for a newly hired township employee, namely Tony Perkins, at $70,000 per year as specified in the resolution. A motion. We have a second. A second. Motion second. Any further discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. James? Aye. Ms. Schwegman? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. And if there is no other business, I'll make a motion to adjourn. I'll second. Motion is second. All in favor? Aye. 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 We are adjourned.